0: Welcome back everybody to another episode of Chatty Cathy. Today I was joined by Dr. Andrew Mercer again here at Catholic Campus Ministry to have a little impromptu podcast discussion about um, icons and the imagery of depictions in the Catholic Church, um, along with a little bit how the college ministries, uh, not only here at Missouri State, but also elsewhere, can maybe promote um, the more desire to learn about those particular things in the Catholic faith, whether it's small things like icons or more conceptually-based things about the faith. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Chatty Kathy. Scheduling has been tough and hard, and so it's been a little sporadic, but that's okay. Um, this episode is very impromptu, could be a lot shorter than all the other ones, but short attention spans, like short things, so maybe it'll be good. But I'm back with Doctor Andrew, um, with a particular question that I think he would have a decent knowledge about. Um, so, did you say Doctor Andrew? I did say Doctor Andrew. You
1: guys, you guys need to settle on the
0: on a title for me. Doctor, yeah, it's like Father Bivin started with Doctor Drew all of a sudden. Doctor Drew, Doctor Dr. Andrew. Everybody ever does Doc. I, I I say Doc in like a, like a way that it was <laughs> like, hey, what's up, Doc. And then what Savannah does, Dr. Dre, because you're director of religious education, which is D R E. Throwing in a bunch
1: of other titles, Professor Sir. Really? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you started teaching. So she can call you, I guess, Uh Professor. Anyway, I just like Doc or Andrew. I was going to say, I typically just do Doc. You do. Every now and again, I'll do Andrew, depending on the context, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) fun. Uh, But my particular question. Um, has to do with uh, icons, which I, I just, I was going to say, I was talking to Gretchen, like literally right before this saying, like, you know, those like those fancy pictures of Jesus. And she's like, you mean icons? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's the fancy word for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I want to talk about. Okay. So my main question is, is like the particular style of icons seems to be the same, like throughout per se. It's like, you know if anybody has any seen an icon it's very very similar like structure of like how the art is in particular and then i also since you knew a little bit about um the Greek orthodox when you were converting Mm -hmm. I, i don't you know i don't know if you've has have as much information with this but like how certain like roman catholic icons might differ with um greek orthodox icons and are they you know if the sacraments are, are both are valid, in both are the icons interchangeable. Okay. So I was kind of overarching theme of that. So I guess my first question is, do you know anything in particular about why icons are styled the way they are? Are you thinking of like the, the uh, like Byzantine style
1: of icons particularly, or
0: yeah, like whenever you like see like an icon of Jesus, it's like kind like the one of on like my wall? yeah, like the one on your wall. It's very much so like yeah. Kind of straight edgy, Mm -hmm. but also like, like it doesn't, it's like it's proportionate, but it's not like realism per se. Yeah. Um, well, I,
1: I, I think more about like the theology of icons. I'm not like an art historian, so I don't know. I don't know. like the development of different forms of religious art. Okay. I like the theology
0: though, too. We can go with that.
1: But, but there, I know there's a particular Byzantine style, um, I couldn't tell you when it sort of like when that style was solidified. I want to I would guess that it was probably in the like mid uh to late first century like 600s on kind of time. Um but it's, it's definitely like continuous once it starts there's that's there's like a defined Byzantine style that mm-hmm. is still People still make them in that style, you know.
0: Yeah, I saw um, like an Instagram account and she was drawing an icon in the same yeah, style. So. Yeah.
1: Um, and so in the Byzantine tradition um, of icon making, and that includes both Orthodox and there's like Catholic first, like, they mm-hmm. produce them in the same style, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's Anglican Protestant ones anyway. Um, yeah, they tried to stick with like uh, sort of I don't know how you would like uh, define it, but there's they stick with a certain um, like expectations for what they're supposed to look like. Yeah, so it's kind of like uniform throughout. Yeah, Uh, they all uniform-ish. Right. Um, There's like modern ones. That white one on my wall is one that's um, yeah, a Ukrainian contemporary uh, Ukrainian artist that incorporates uh, elements of the old style with her own sort of take on it, but. Um,
0: I like that one in particular a lot when I go in your office. Yeah,
1: but there's elements that are that are kind of standard, I think. Um, like the uh, perspective is reversed, um, like in the background, you know. Um, instead of like things going smaller into the distance, they're kind of opening up, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I don't know if there's a name for it, like reverse perspective or something. I have no idea, but. Yeah. Um, so that's uh a keep like common feature of it, and there's other other things that are you know just kind of standards of it so um particular like there's particular um image like uh, scenes or people that are always done the same way um and things like that so but it's just kind of like tradition it's passed down from iconographers you know. Right.
0: Um, and they don't want to stray too far from this. Stray too far. Yeah, yeah. And then you said you know a little more about the theology of icons and why we yeah. use icons per se. I've always been, you know, I mean, it makes sense when you have like a little bit of a visual representation. You mm-hmm. can maybe visualize certain concepts more mm-hmm. easily in that particular way. Mm-hmm. Um but like, yeah, there's always, I feel like there's always more to an icon than what it's just like, oh yeah, that's like the icon of Mary and the baby Jesus. But then it's like, that's like very surface level. Mm-hmm. But I never really take too much time to look into detail about mm-hmm. maybe the theology that's going behind that. So yeah, theologically wise, mm-hmm. um, what is like the purpose and the, the meaning of icons? Um, I mean, to the, the basic purpose, I would say,
1: is just to lead us to contemplate higher realities Heavenly realities, mm. and to see the world uh, and sort of a uh, eternal perspective, um, uh, and I was oh I was gonna say like, you, like, icon just is just the Greek word for image, so it's mm. not um it's not uh, like any kind of we would call strictly speaking like any kind of religious. Art, an icon, um, if we're if it incorporates images of people and stuff, okay. um, saints and whatever. So even like the you know like divine mercy image or some kind of like more yeah. m- more recent um, image, religious image that you see uh, in Catholic churches would be icons as well. Okay, and their use, um, uh, like the the use of them and the um, like all of, I don't know. Um, fact that they're approved and in, in, in put in churches and things like that are all uh, like the thinking behind that is the same as for the other older icons that you're talking about. But mm. so anyway, any re- it applies to like any religious imagery, okay? Um, not just those Byzantine style ones. Um, but it was a like most, um, most uh, good things in the church, it was subject of debate at one point, um, mm. in, in the late, um latter part of the first millennium um, and uh, I mean we know that there's Christians used images incorporated them in their uh, buildings and in their worship um, pretty early on um, but there it became a controversial thing um, in like the 700s or so um, maybe as early as 600s part of it was due to the rise of Islam um, which is a uh, prohibits images mm-hmm. um, of you know divine things, um, and uh, so since that was on the uh, on the you know borders of where the Christian world was at the time, there was conflict there conflict there. over that, um, and that may have caused um, Eastern Christians to want to limit the use of them or something like that. But it wasn't just that; that wasn't the only reason for it to become controversial. But uh, it's known as the iconoclastic controversy. Um, and so there's some big words, yes, iconoclasm is just means like um it's like uh hatred of images oh, okay. um, and so an iconoclast at that time was someone that uh didn't think it was appropriate to have images in the church and to use them in worship and stuff like that, gotcha, um especially with Christ, but also the saints and other people, so um but uh, so they had a big extended argument debate about it there was some fighting involved I'm sure there's um, the one of the smaller icons in my office um, is uh, tradition says goes back to that time Um, it's an image of um, the Holy Mother and child Jesus and if you look at it closely the Mary has like blood coming down her cheek Mm. in the image and the story is that that icon an icon that was you know of. that looked like that was above a door in one of the places that were, where they were fighting over this. And um, some armed troops came in to uh, clear the church of all the images. And um, one of the soldiers like stabbed a spear or something into that icon. Mm. And then it started bleeding. Um, wow. And so that's like, a, that's cool. That's a yeah, traditional image that goes like points to the, <laughs> the controversy itself over images. So I think that's kind of cool, but uh, they basically it came down to like a Christological, Um, decision. Um, And so unlike the Council of Chalcedon in the mid-5th century, that's when they kind of solidified uh, the way of talking about Christ as one person in two natures, divine nature and human nature. Mm -hmm. And they came to sort of uh, at some point agree on the fact that if he has a, a real Complete human nature. Then we then then he can be depicted. depicted. Okay. Um, And um, but since he's uh, obviously divine, then it's proper to uh, offer adoration. You know, to that image of him. Um, One of the key uh, sort of uh, phrases that came out of it was that um, honor or worship given to an image, it's not it goes to the. Figure that it's an image of, not to the image itself, you know. Right. Yeah. And so they compared it to like um, the pagan Roman emperors and stuff. Like they would set up their statues of themselves in the places that they uh, ruled, mm-hmm. and the people were expected to pay homage to them in some way, you know, like bow or whatever. I don't know what they did, but right. Um, but everybody understood it was an act of it wasn't homage to the, structure the emperor himself, itself. not it was, to the statue. Yeah. So they said it's just the same thing, like with images of Christ. If you kiss. Uh, the cross, or if you kiss uh, an image of Christ or something like that, or bow before it, you're not, you're showing honor. I'm not worshiping the the piece of wood that's there. Um, Yeah. Um, And um, so that's kind of like, there was a Christological basis for it. Um, And then there was sort of an educational component as well. Um, that was part of the defense of like why we should have them and stuff. And that Mm -hmm. was um, more of like for illiterate people. Having right. images of Being able to, like yeah. uh, stories in scripture and accounts in the gospels of Jesus healing people, things like that, um, are edifying for people that uh, you know building up their faith for people that can't read those
0: right. accounts themselves. So, so like Jesus having a uh, a human nature as well is easily to be depicted, but uh, angels in particular mm-hmm. don't have human nature. Nope. So. In those, I don't know how many uh, uh, depictions there are of the angels per se, mm-hmm. but the only ones that I can like tell, and you know, it's also popular in like mass media or whatever is like the very human figure mm-hmm. with just two angelic wings very much. So like the archangels, like anytime you see St. Michael, he's always just a human warrior, but yeah. you know, he has wings, so he's an angel. So, right, like, right. But then there's also like, I see now more so like the actual, like if you go... By the book description of how was it John who had the angelic visions, mm-hmm. right? Am I, I mean, wrong? He had or something. He had lots of visions. I'm sure, yeah. A <laughs> of know. revelation. Whoever, yeah, whoever, whoever that was. But like, if you go like by the book of the description, it's like. You know, like wheels with eyes on the wheels and like there's no oh, yeah. wings there or something like that. That or one like, comes from I think like Ezekiel or something. Yeah. And, and then there's one. like another one where it's like there's just a big eye in the middle of like a bunch of like just a bunch of wings mm-hmm. and something like that. Yeah. So it's like when, you know, angels I think we talked about earlier in one of our faith formation nights here at uh, the universe, at the Newman Center is like angels themselves are just are are like spirit. They're mm-hmm. not physical even though they can interact with the physical world and all that stuff. Right. So how would, how would you, why do we depict particularly St. Michael and other angels in just a human like way, with just two wings Mm -hmm. or like, how would we be able to depict something that doesn't have a human nature like an angel? Right. Um,
1: I mean, yeah, obviously we, we don't think that the images that you see of angels are like, their true form or something like that it's more of like how they've appeared in scripture um Mm -hmm. and in visions like you're saying um and uh, oftentimes in those accounts it seems like they had they take on some kind of human form for the purpose of communicating something from god to us you know um and then sometimes in the especially in like the uh, more like mystical visions they take it's a more uh um kind of extravagant form or something like that you know the ones with multiple right eyes and wings and th- heads and things like that um and um so i think we just like i don't know combination of our imagination and what uh those accounts that we find in scripture of their of them taking on a certain form um is how we get those images but um but yeah we shouldn't think that that's like their they're real form or something like right. that, like if because they are spirits, like you said. Um, so but we can't to me, it seems like uh, the reason they're uh, given a certain form is because it makes it uh,
0: more conceptually more... easier. Uh, or...
1: well, no, I mean, like in the accounts in scripture and stuff, like when oh, they appear oh. to people, like it makes it more um. Don't know, less less doubtful maybe or something like that like was that just a voice in my head <laughs> um, right yeah. no this this you know being this yeah. this radiating light and stuff like uh and causes fear in me is, is the one that the message right. came from and so it makes it a, a little bit more uh well both serious but also believable because
0: mm-hmm. uh, there's a a shape to go with it you know right well and then yeah and i've learned uh, a little bit about this uh, in particular, when you were talking about like uh, when I said like angels being the spirit or whatever like mm-hmm. I feel like I sort of always knew that, but I didn't really know it until like last year and we had like faith formation nights here at the Newman Center. Mm-hmm. and then recently, I have been going to the our our veritas um here at um, Catholic Campus ministry to just dive deeper and learn more mm-hmm. uh, and learn more whether it's it's history of but also theology of and a little bit of right. of more catechesis for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know in the past, um, uh, as a child in, I went to Catholic school up till eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because I went to Catholic school up till eighth grade doesn't mean as a middle schooler, grade schooler, I was like really, you know, invested in actually growing my knowledge per se of like theology. And also, you know, as a child, how much can you actually teach a, middle school, grade school, or like mm-hmm. deeper theology uh, and those conceptual things per yeah. se. So it's pretty much you like just kind of learn about like, you know, like we do believe that Jesus is God and all this other stuff. And, you you know, we talk about the miracles yeah. he performs and all those other stories. Yeah, yeah. He, um yeah, both, But both, then, both, man, they're talking crazy outside that <laughs> door. No, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing my best to kind of <laughs> drown him out with my voice. We'll see how that goes. Um, this is a professional very professional high-end. I have so it's much cool. money. I have so much money in this um, So yeah But this is very real. I mean it, we're always constantly moving here at CCM So mm-hmm. you know what it works for exactly what I needed to if yeah. you really think I about just hope it. we get a good father bibbin and laugh in the background if I can get a good father bibbin and laugh <laughs> I will let him cackle <laughs> into the mic um, but anyway the main point of like me going to Veritas and learning more Veritas itself, even I have seen just this year has gotten just so many people, um, you know, even still like, you know, baptizing Catholic who want to learn more. And even those who are outside of the faith who also want to learn more and maybe want to take those pro- that process into becoming Catholic. Yeah. So how can, like, how do you see like in college ministries per se that desire to actually dive deeper and learn more um, and how you steward that? how you steward to us because you have a lot of knowledge you can help pour into us in that program. How can, you know, what do you think is that thing that college ministries do that can make the college students actually want to pour into stuff? And, you know, going to Sunday Mass is is obviously the requirement and necessary, but what do you think are some ways that what we have done here at CCM, but also ways that maybe other ministries have done that have been able to actually instill a desire to learn more Mm -hmm. so you know so that if at some point you do need to use your words in some way you actually have some background knowledge and you're not you know caught off guard or anything like that
1: yeah uh that's a that's a big question very heavy i don't yeah i mean we're trying to figure out here how to do that i think it seems to be Um, working at least i don't know what we have more interest in veritas which is our like intro to catholicism kind of ministry um we have more interest in that this year than we did last year um but i think that's just simply from because it was new last year and people didn't really no, you know it was. we only we said a few times like this is what it's for right who it's for that kind of thing but um, um but yeah i mean it's our uh takes the place of our rcaa program too mm-hmm. which um Again, I think people were confused about that a little bit last year. Like, is this RCIA? Is it not? It's not called RCIA. So, right. Um, what's going on? Anyway, um, so I think, yeah, the more interest we have this year, is partly just due to the fact that it's people know what it is now, um, and um, I don't know. I myself, I kind of just um, try to create opportunities for people to. Um, like, feel free to express their doubts, ask questions that they've always wanted to ask but felt uncomfortable asking. Mm -hmm. Um, um, If I can get people to go to things, I like to ask questions that... um, Spark those. Get them thinking about, like, oh, you know, like, maybe I haven't considered this, like, uh, you know, in a comprehensive way or something before. Um, So all that kind of stuff. And so try to have some variety and that's why I have like the Catholicism in the environment thing reading group going on right um, uh, of course my I always love like the early church stuff and um, so I always try to have something going on with that too um, if I can but so I think just creating space for open discussion and then also having more like specialized if you're interested in this then come you know kind of thing right um, but I don't know what how to get people interested that don't they don't have that uh, desire already is mm-hmm. uh, that's a tough one, especially for the people that like just kind of uh, you know and and not that this is I mean this is, a lot of people this is all they can do and so it's not anything like against them but like if you just go to Sunday mass yeah and aren't involved in in anything else a small group or whatever um, then there's just not like always um, I don't know context for questions to come up and discussions to be had, you
0: know? Yeah. So, But at least having it available in here yeah, gives a higher, obviously a higher likelihood of maybe a potential question here or there and uh, a potential opportunity to dive deeper into that. I know that I've just gone to your office every now and again when I've ever had just yeah. kind of like a, a question that I kind of wanted answered. Right. Yeah. Um, We kind of fly to you and Father a lot when it Mm -hmm. comes to that, because we are very blessed to have both of you here and have those resources, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. So I do appreciate that.
1: Yeah, And then we're also going to... I think we're going to try to uh, do more things that are kind of um, geared towards uh, creating um, curiosity, you know? Right. Like um, some of our other peer ministers and... um, Students that are involved here want to do things like ask a Catholic on campus, you know. Oh yeah, Um yeah. And I think I, I think I kind of want to experiment and see, like, um, you know, if we put out um, sort of controversial, <laughs> uh, like headlines about it. If that of all, course, yeah. You know, like C- Catholics worship Mary, and you should too. <laughs> kind of play play, play off the of stereotypes, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, just to get people
0: interested, but. Those would that be experimental? <laughs> yeah, I think I think. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I think something that I have noticed just being at the Newman Center um, is that obviously at this point, you know, it, it you know, it does become our decision to go to things, whether it's Sunday mass or other stuff beyond that as well. Mm-hmm. But it's also um, as a college student, you know, you're currently learning about something that will hopefully end up becoming your career. But then, in the context of being here at the Newman Center, there's that opportunity to learn about stuff about the thing that's going to be happening during and after your career. Yeah. Um. And so I think there's that um, desire that comes with a little bit of more knowledge of just how the world works a little bit. Yeah. And what I've seen is oftentimes it's groups of people that will be like, "Hey, me and this other person are Mm -hmm. going," and then they might be able to invite somebody. True. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's
1: like a more, like, relational component to it. Um, Yeah.
0: Of getting people there is just, like, personal invites from your peers. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm very excited to keep diving deep and learning more. Uh, I'm excited to get back into reading more. Yeah. Um, I have, I actually put, I put the uh, Bishop Barron's This Is My Body book in my backpack so that I can pull that out and maybe read that a little bit more too. To you get, should yeah. get back into get back in a good habit of reading and less time on phones and whatnot. So yeah, but yeah, also in that in that particular way, also diving deeper mm-hmm. and learning more, um, which because of this ministry has uh, instilled that desire in me to continue to dive um, dive deep into the faith, learn more about the faith, so that you know I can you know. I can do the right things and, and conceptually know certain things so that I can either uh, help people with potential doubts or just guide people in the way that, you know, I go about things. But yeah, well, well, thank I you for I asking disagree. those little uh, impromptu questions about imagery and um, a little bit about... You asked the questions. Um, well, yeah, but you, <laughs> I thought... I Did I say question or answer? I thought I said, thank you for answering those questions. Oh, I thought I said for
1: asking them. <laughs>
0: no, I thought... I, I thought... Well, I could have. I don't know. I'm not going to go back and check, but... <laughs> Thank you for answering. Let me pre- let me just yeah, make sure. Thank yeah. you for answering the questions that I had about those little things about icons and um, just being here and present at the campus ministry is a blessing. And yeah, it is for me too. Yeah, campus ministry's ministry itself has has been such a good thing for I know me, but also a lot of other um, college students here. And so yeah, constantly seeing the college ministry being a present thing in a lot of people's lives and being necessary mm-hmm. um, because every day I. I feel like there's always a another person that it's like, oh, he's kinda like new. Maybe he's coming back and doing another thing. So it's yeah. it's yeah it's it's pretty good and we're very blessed. So yeah. Thank you. I Agreed. appreciate it a lot. Yeah. My pleasure.